have you always been interested in science? Um, I think not necessarily science, but definitely nature. Um, mm -hmm. Growing up in the Caribbean, we have, of course, beautiful weather. And in Man, yeah. I spent loads of time outside in the sure. garden and um, in the natural environment, beaches especially. Mm -hmm. So I think that sort of like instigated that love of the outdoors. Um, and then from that, I think this love of science and especially biology may have evolved from that. That makes sense. I think we, we hear quite a bit of that where yeah. maybe not so much with other sciences, but when it comes to more of the biological sciences, the first real connection was, you know, just with, with nature itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember your first real connection with nature? It's interesting that you asked that question. I, I may not remember the first, but there mm -hmm. are definitely some very early ones that had a massive impact on me. I was less than four, I'm pretty sure, because my sister wasn't born. Um, but there was the dead manta ray on the mm. beach. And that memory has just like stayed with me. And then another one is, um, I remember my dad bringing a starfish for me. As oh, well. cool. Again before I was four, just to like look at. And, and I mean, it's really rare to have memories from before you're four mm -hmm. years old. Isn't that like, I don't know. Seems, I don't think I have many of those, but most of them seem to be based around the ocean and nature. Yeah. Which probably makes me sound like some kind of weird hippie. <laughs> no, I, I think... <laughs> Unless maybe I also sound like a weird hippie, but I, I think for me, it's, it's largely the same. And then I talked to my wife and she's like, I don't really remember anything from that age. Why do you remember yeah, so many things? Right? I'm like, oh, but we went hiking and like, I have all these outdoors kind of associated stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Is she a scientist? No, she's an English teacher. Mm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When did you um, find deep sea biology? Like, when did that become your thing? So I have this, again, a really early memory. My, my I had this animal book growing up mm -hmm. um, from an extremely young age, and it had loads of different animals in it. And it had this little, like, two-pager. I'm not sure whether it was, they were specifically, that was a two-pager on the deep sea, but there was a couple pages that had, like, hatchet fish and angler mm -hmm. fish. Yeah. And I don't think I ever really, like associated them with the deep sea they were just another type of fish in my mind mm -hmm. um and you know despite the fact that i grew up in trinidad and tobago where um over 65 percent of our area as an island nation is deep ocean and oh, for wow. a lot of island states it's way higher like sometimes like over 95 percent right um and but yet still i had zero connection with the deep sea apart from you know if i would go out on a boat which happened mm -hmm. often um i would wonder about what was down there sure below you know past where we could see but that was kind of it and it wasn't until um i went to university in england in my last year i took a deep sea biology course and that was when things sort of read that that whole so like side of science was awakened at, because it yeah i think for most people growing up at least around the time when i did which was you know 20 years ago 
um, there there really isn't that awareness of the mm-hmm. deep ocean. I mean, why would there be? It's yeah. it's not an environment that most of us will ever interact with. Yeah, yeah. My uh, it's funny you mentioned anglerfish. My son lately, there's this new thing on Google where if you look up certain animals, it'll pull up in like an augmented reality 3D version of that what? animal that you can look at in your room. And he's been obsessed with. I, oh my god! How have I not known this? I. Uh, yeah, it's I, only I'm like literally fighting the urge to Google this immediately. <laughs> it's maybe like two dozen or so different things, but anglerfish are one of them. And so you can like put it in the middle of your room and look at it through the camera on your phone, and then you know, <gasps> turn it around and interact with it a little bit. And my son has just been obsessed, and so he's always talking about anglerfish now, and and it's just been it's been a whole thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, let's park the Google thing for a second because that's <laughs> incredibly awesome. But I mean, anglerfish generally are awesome. I mean, they have their own sort of light source, which yeah. is epic. And they have this whole incredible, you know, sex strategy, which, yeah, just it's one of my favorite deep sea stories. Yeah. Aren't they the ones where like the male, yeah. like just kind of melts in? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. Exactly. He bites onto her, it triggers this weird enzyme like reaction, basically, and his lips fuse to her, and all of his internal organs begin dissolving, their blood systems fuse, and that's how he spends the rest of his life, basically attached <laughs> to her, providing her with sperm. I mean, you so, don't get much more charismatic than that, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> so the definition of clingy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, what if you were if you were to give advice to a younger you about this field knowing what you know now what what would that advice be oh god i hate this question (laughs) um i mean that it's not easy Mm -hmm. to start with i think um i mean the the field is a bit of a hard one to describe because there are so many different avenues within it right like there's Mm -hmm. academic science there's conservation science um, and then there's related policy communication. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think each of those has its strengths and mm-hmm. weaknesses, but I would say that it's really not easy. It's especially not hospitable to a person of color, a woman of color, mm-hmm. people from developing countries, so deep sea science that yeah. is. Um, and, but you know despite that it is you do get to see like and experience remarkable things and that kind of makes it all worth it but in terms of advice you know i'd i don't want to like lessen the incredible status that doctors have especially in today's day and age but you know i would i would say that if you're thinking about a career in um anything to do with the environment you know it's i think we really need to sort of like take it quite seriously and not trivialize it because just as you know if a doctor's prescribing medicine and it has to do with someone's health i think ultimately it's the same for environmental scientists you know Mm -hmm. a lot of the um whether we are we're answering scientific questions or we're trying to get those answers put into policy you know ultimately it all plays a role in our health our well-being and us being here on the planet because the ocean is and the environment is so integral to that planetary function 
That was a very long winded answer. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it's a good answer though. I mean, we, it, it touches on a few different things that we've spent a lot of time on recently. Um, you know, we, we recently uh, founded as a nonprofit with the, with a few different initiatives that we're trying to get off the ground mm-hmm. at the moment. But um, we have spent a lot of time talking about the importance of science communication uh, yeah. in, in really not only just communicating findings, but communicating how science is done and how it works and what it's yep. actually like. Yep. Um, and also a lot of about barriers of exclusion that keep different groups out of science. And, and yep. like you said, you know, hospitable, it's, it's not exactly hospitable. Um, and so how do you alleviate some of those barriers, remove them entirely, get around them, you know, how, you know, so we, we've been spending a lot of time, um, really diving into that in conversations with people. It's, yeah, yeah. it's been really interesting. And I mean, not to trivialize any other, um, uh, uh fields of science and, mm-hmm. and, ha- and, the. Uh, the issues related to each of those, because of course there will be issues that are overarching and stretch across all of all parts of science. Yeah. But then I think each sort of niche of science has its niche issues as well. Mm-hmm. And with deep sea science, given how incredibly expensive it is, yeah, um, and that's because of the technology we need. It needs to be incredibly high tech, um, and the ships especially. Um, there's, it means that a lot of those issues are really amplified because there just hasn't been the access that's mm-hmm. been needed on top of those issues related to, um, inclusivity and equity, you yeah. know, yeah. um, so 